Anne. I'm Missy. Welcome to Book Booze Friends. We're two chicks drink booze and talk book boyfriends. Welcome back to another episode of Book Booze Friends. Um, we're super excited to be here. This is the third part of our three-part series on the Raven's Hood series by Kate Stewart. And the third book is called The Finish Line. So once again, thank you to Courtney for suggesting the series. We've really enjoyed discussing it for the last few episodes and hope that you have too. So before we get going, what are we drinking today? We are actually drinking um, a blue gin and tonic. I mean, it's not Bombay, you know, gin and tonic, but hey, at least it's gin. Because as you know, in um, Tobias's favorite drink is gin. You know, and we don't find out until this book what actually it was, and it's Bombay Sapphire. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like we finally find out in chapter 34. Five. It took all that time just to find out. Yeah. I mean, we knew what, we knew he drank a lot of gin. We mm-hmm. knew she drank whiskey. We knew they drank um, Louis Latour wine, but we didn't find out what type of gin he actually drank until chapter 35. Because trust me, in my notes, I actually wrote Bombay gin, finally. Finally discovered it. You know, I mean, shit, even in Fifty Shades, they tell you it's Hendrix. Sorry. I'm on my soapbox. I'm done. But yeah, so... The um, drink is actually purple. It is purple. It's actually a really pretty purple. It matches your hair. It does match my hair when it's not like this today. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's actually really... You know, it's, it's a very pretty, like, kind of lavender, lilac. We should probably take a picture and post it on the site, so that way people can actually see what we're drinking, right? Um, But yeah, I haven't actually had this before. So, I actually have had, like, blueberry juice with gin, but not, like, a blueberry gin with tonic. So, oh. Well, this is a... It smells pretty good. It's a pre-mixed one. Yeah, it's we, a pre-mixed. We got it from a convenience store. Yeah, we got it from a grocery store here. As you guys found out in the last episode, we both live in Germany. Right. So, um, yeah. they actually have different... It's very, like, it's... Drinks available to you that you don't get in the supermarkets or in the liquor stores back home is it really good and you don't even like this type of stuff i know that's why i took a small sip like i'm actually really impressed by that oh i will tell you guys a really quick story right um so last year before covid happened we went to um, london London for um a girls weekend slash birthday slash conference right so we're on the plane and i ordered a drink and miriam's like huh and I'm like, what? She's like, I've never had a drink on a plane before. I'm like, dude. Let's do it. <laughs> so we start drinking, and I give her a gin and tonic, but it was um, blue, it was blackberry gin. Yeah. And good. she actually liked it. And so good. then while we were there the whole time, we went to a grocery store. So that way we had, like, some stuff in the room. Some and- mixed cocktails in the room. And so, yeah, just FYI, it was pretty fun. We had a good time. Obviously, we've known each other for a while, which right. we talked about. Yeah, we have talked about. But yes, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, okay, sorry. So, Back to what we're doing. The finish line. The finish line! Okay, so like all the books, I'm not going to say what the title comes from yet, but the title does have some Oh, that is quite nice. That is. is quite nice. Oh, sorry, guys. I just took my first step. <laughs> so the title does have some significance to... Exodus. Although I guess it did come out in book two. It did come out in Exodus. Because, okay. So in Exodus, Tobias is talking to, what's his name? 
about who he is and like revealing certain things, not everything. And he talks about this place that he owns in France and he calls it the finish line. His and finish line. For him, it's the finish line because that means that he's done, he's out, he, he's not going back. Right. And so this book is called The Finish Line. It kind of knowing that, you know, going in, well, obviously. Right. You know, this is it. Right. They're done in right. some capacity. Right. So with book three, what happens is it picks up just like with book two from book one, right after pretty much book two ends. The only difference is I think there might be like a small gap in there. I don't know. No. no. It, it, it just picks up like the next day. Right. Um, and essentially, like we mentioned, originally it was a duet. There was no idea there was going to be a book three that we knew of, at least. I mean, for all we know, she had always planned a book three. We just never said. Um, and it shows kind of that aftermath of them coming together and having their reunion. It's not all sunshine and roses. No. Like, you know, yes, he's picked her, but she's been overthrown so many times for other things and other people that she doesn't trust it. No. She's like, you know, what's it going to take for you to leave? Why are you here bothering me? I'm trying to move on. You know, this whole thing. And so essentially a, a good bit of the book is that push and pull between them of I'm here. I choose you. I want to be here. That's him telling her that and her saying, I don't want you here, even though she really does want him here. And it's just that struggle. Right. I guess, especially for her, it's, you know, she has to decide what she's willing to put up with. You know, what is her self-worth? Yeah. To a point, and, you know, at what point is she willing to finally say, okay, I believe you, I believe you're here. Right. Um, and so we see a lot of just different things, and it's kind of like with book two. I'm not going to give you a lot of specifics because I, I do think you need to read it mm -hmm. if you want. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that happens that kind of starts to show, like, a different side of the bias to her that she's never seen before, and she starts to learn more of the background of the Ravenshood. Um, yes. I was about to say, I don't yeah. really know what else to say about it. So, I mean, with this one, I was just looking over my notes. And at the end of Exodus, she leaves. Yep, she's she's just done. She's done, done with. Done. She's done with being um, set aside by everybody. So in Flock in Exodus, she's from Atlanta. The whole story is set in um, Triple Falls, North Carolina, and so. Here she is a gazillion, well, she's not a gazillionaire, but I mean, she's, she's quite rich. She's a millionaire, she's quite right? Rich. She's quite rich. <laughs> so Exodus starts eight months after Exodus ends. You mean finish line. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Finish line begins eight months after like, Exodus ends, right? <laughs> and so she actually bought a diner and runs this diner. And so she works at the diner, she runs the diner, and then lo and behold, Tobias shows up. Yep. Because it took him that eight months to get to where, to he, get to where he can leave the Ravenhood, pretty much day-to-day -day business to everybody else, to where he can spend all of his time with her, with her trying her, to get her, alive. exactly, you know, doing that push-pull, trying to show her, but... One of the cool things I enjoyed about this one is his vulnerability about how he was used to being the ultimate um, alpha. Making all the choices, being like it. Right. And then all of a sudden, 
not. He has nothing to do. He's a kept man. He <laughs> has, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Do, you know what I'm saying? He's like completely adrift. Yeah, we, and we see that struggle. Because, yeah. I mean, he's at her house all the time or sometimes. They're living together. Yeah, like they're living together. Well, they're not in the same room. They're living together but not living together. Yeah, they're roommates. They're roommates. Yeah. They're and roommates. So, like, we have that. Yeah. And then we also see from her where she finally realizes, wait a minute. That he's giving up. And he's he's not actually, like, it's not she leaves and suddenly he's, like, this nefarious villain. Yeah, right. Like, he's legitimately left her alone. And that, I think, is also kind of what, for her, helps to turn it in his favor because she realizes, like, he wasn't joking. Like, he, he gave it up. Right. He fully gave it up. Right. And that maybe she is being a little harsh. One, but in her defense, oh, yeah, no, like, I mean, she told he totally deserves every fucking thing she gives oh, him. Yeah, Everything she gives him. And even that one guy that sits at the counter who um her waitress Gregor. I don't know what his name is. I didn't it doesn't really matter. He's, he's 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 inconsequential. A he's a net. Yeah, he's a net. He has no bearing. But I mean, in this book, completely different from the other two books, you actually get more flashbacks. You actually learn about yeah. There's a there's a ton yeah of history. You actually you actually text me. Oh my god, these flashbacks are they done? Right. And so, I mean, in this book, you actually learn more about the beginning of the Ravenhood. About why why it started, why it started, was why he did things the way he did exactly, even and what happened to him. yeah, and what happened to him, and why he wanted her out of it from exactly, the, the very minute he saw her at the library, right? And then even how he when he found out from the party that they originally took her in flock, right? And when he found out about her, he was furious not just with his brothers but even with her even though she had no clue yeah, but, I mean, she was a little you know <laughs> what i'm saying because i mean in this book you actually find out his whole entire like you said thought processes and stuff like that and what he's done to get the power that he had you know what i'm saying and so this book i i do think you didn't need this book. Gesundheit. Sorry, I just sneezed. You didn't hear it because I, I held that in. Yes. So. I do think you didn't need this book, but I'm happy this book was done. Yeah, something else. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's something else. Okay. I bring up later. Okay, go ahead. Um. So I mean, so this is kind of jumping ahead to what our normal whatever is, but one thing that really frustrated me with the book. Oh, shit, I forgot to talk about the Nat. So with the Nat, we find out he's actually a bad guy that's there to spy on Cecilia. Mm-hmm. Because of? Tobias's past. Yes. Okay, that's all about and the Nat. That's, that's all you got to know. essentially the big bad that comes yeah. out at the end. So like, because in every book you have to have a bad. So really quickly, we're skimming over a lot of the stuff. But essentially, she forgives him. They come back together. But then they realize that that big bad is actually coming. And they realize who it is. It's someone yeah. from Tobias's past in France. Yes. Though I guess not really his past. He's still kind of his present. In yes. A way. Um, like a mafia type. Yeah. But and, he's not mafia. And he's the one that is kind of pulling these strings to try and force certain things to happen. And 
ultimately in the end, like there's this whole big scene where he shows up and they have their ultimate standoff and finally, you know, we, we get to the finish line, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. Okay. So we've dun, dun, talked dun, a little dun. bit about like what happens without talking too much about what happens. Um, <laughs> like that makes sense. We're doing sense. really well with that. Like it, it makes sense in my mind. That's all that matters. Hey. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what we love and hate. Go first. So, and I'll Missy kind of disagree with you. 100%. Hinted at, I'm just kidding. Um, I really am not a big fan of flashbacks in books. Well, to be honest, yeah. I, I kind of hate them. Yeah. Um, and I say that as a person that in a book that I've written, I used flashbacks. And <gasps> That's I hate, right, you did. And I hate that book. Um, that book is also no longer for sale. <laughs> but, um, anyway, so like you know, whatever. But as a reader, I really do not enjoy flashbacks. And I think it's because, to a point, I'm kind of of the opinion, if you're giving us flashbacks, why aren't you telling that story? Right. Um, That being said, I understand why she did it the way she did, because the flashbacks met up with something that was kind of happening in the present. And I can appreciate that. So, I mean, like, as much as I hate flashbacks, I do understand. And I can can almost say that I liked it in the story. I think they Um, worked. Like you're saying in the story, yeah. because it helped the story. It didn't distract yeah, it, from the it, story. It embellished it. And see, yeah. that's the problem that I've run yeah. into a lot of times with flashbacks, is when people add them in, I'm legitimately like... Why? Why? Like, if... Why can't this either be told, like, as it's actually happening, and then we have a time jump? Or why can't it be revealed in some sort of big reveal conversation right. that happens or whatever? So, like, obviously, it's my personal opinion. And like I said, like as much as I don't really enjoy flashbacks, I can appreciate and understand why she put them. So you know, I I'm over it. I guess you could say. <laughs> um, I mean, otherwise, just like the other books, though, this one was just as well written, just as well thought out. Like the relationship was lush, right? I guess, especially with the whole them not being together, the push and pull. I will say. Like, at one point, I did think Vasily was a harpy. Um, I really didn't appreciate her. But that's also because we're now getting Tobias's point of view versus hers primarily. Right. And so it's like, you know, we're finally seeing his side of it. And we're getting very little out of her. Yeah. Granted, we know how she felt beforehand. So I, I don't really know that it was necessary to give a ton of her thought processes. But we get a lot more of Tobias here. And I think that helps to give a more even seeing that it's easier for me to understand why he did what he did and kind of forgive him quicker if that makes sense yes so i agree with you to an extent so like in the first two books you only see cecilia's point of view right so you know what she went through throughout this whole entire ordeal then now here's eight months later she's an independent woman she doesn't need anybody to take care of her her mom's taking care of Secrets are coming out about her own family. So many secrets. Um, you know, and all the shit coming out from the Ravenhood with Tobias and all that kind of stuff in his past is coming up to bite him on the ass, right? Um, and how he's manipulated stuff. Well, I don't think it's called manipulation. I think it's stacking the deck, honestly, to make certain things happen to where... The little person's taken care of, yep. right? And, you that know, includes Cecilia. 
Yeah, and you know what I'm talking about with um, powerful beings in this book, right? Um, that he became friends with in his teens. Yep. Um, it shows, I think what's really important about this book, it shows connections. Mm-hmm. It shows how when you have the wherewithal or the foresight to reach those goals that you can move mountains, you can move worlds, you can move anything. You can do whatever you put your mind to. Do you know what I'm saying? And so to me, I think that's a very strong message. Um, I do enjoy this book. Like she said, the flashbacks, there's a lot of flashbacks. But I can understand yeah. because when you're reading the book, it's coming in um, Cecilia's POV and Tobias's POV. So that's the switch from the first two books. Yeah. Right? So when you're reading Tobias's POV, he's going through his flashbacks to where you can understand where he's coming from and what he went through and why things are happening. And then you go back to the present day and what he was thinking of and what you just read is relevant to that particular instance. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, but with this book, 100% I'm happy it was written. But also, it didn't have to be. So I think that would be my only, like, eh about it is, you know, and you fell in love with Cecilia, this naive girl who has grown into womanhood, who has grown into her own person, who became this millionaire. And then, like you said, she's a fucking cunt. I mean. I mean, I, I get why. I, I'm, like, no, she has every reason to be what just, she is. She has every reason to be what she is. Just seeing it, like, I mean, you 100% want her to, like, bust a ball. You like, know. Don't get me wrong, but, like, eventually, like, right before they finally, like, kind of come back together i'm just like oh my god like how long especially after she finally allows him to explain right i mean i'm not saying so it's in like i feel like this is just and even that part was kind of tear jerking when he's actually telling her this is everything yeah this is everything that you need right it's like it's kind of it's one of those situations where like you can see both sides i understand why she's like that i understand why he did it right and I can understand why she is not open and receptive to him right. trying to fix this gap that they now have between them. Yeah. But knowing his side, it's like, what the? Just it's, listen. So, in the end, so, okay, you guys are probably thinking, oh, yeah, here's Missy going off on a tangent. But I'm not going off on a tangent. I'm just going to say, if I was a guy, right, and she's in there busting his balls as much as she did throughout half of this book. To where he barely had any balls left. I mean, and he just ate it up. This alpha male who just ate all this shit she was dishing to him. Into where, like, he probably had, like, cojones. I mean, he probably had, like, these great big, huge... Yes, I am, like, doing these big, huge balls, like... I can't even look at her. Right? (laughs) And by the time she gets to where she will actually listen to him, they're like marbles marbles and they go from like what's a large ball you know what i'm saying like oranges no that's too big i mean you wouldn't even be able to sit in your pants can we just stop talking about balls no but but i'm just saying you know this alpha male who is just shot on by her you know and he's emasculated 
to the point. I'm not saying he, it yeah. wasn't for a good reason. It just, it eventually did reach the point of, okay, we get it. Exactly. Shut up. Let him talk to you. Give him back his masculinity. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm off my tangent. Go ahead. Um, Sorry. For me, honestly, that's, that's really. I think it. As far as the like. I think it was drawn out too far, but it was still good. Oh, you yeah, know, like it didn't. Yeah, still it, good. It didn't detract, but no. it was definitely like, oh, no. my God, can we please just move on? Yeah, exactly. I was just like, dude, I feel, I know, I hurt for you, but damn, he's trying here. He's wearing a fucking apron. He's doing how much shit? Exactly. And he's just eating it from you. Yeah, okay. So, recommendation then. Do we recommend it? Fuck yes, I recommend this book. I mean, do you? So, here's my, what I haven't said. Why do you point. have to be mean? I'm, I'm just kidding. Be I'm just kidding. I'm so, just kidding. Go for it. I want to hear your honest I mean, opinion. I kind of said the whole, the book wasn't necessary. And I 100% stand firm with that. I would have been happy ending with book two. I did, right. I did not need book three. Right. And I, actually, I think after I finished reading, I kind of did a little bit of digging just to kind of look and see what other people were saying. There's a lot of people that. So a lot of people that, said that's that. similar, like, unless you really want that background, and right. you really want to understand. Right. You don't need to, you don't need to read book three because it's not going to suddenly make everything, I mean, it does make everything clear, but like, it's not like where with book one and two, you had to read. Right. To kind of get that closure. Right. So for me, if you're like me, you finish book two, you don't have to read book three. No. I'm not saying don't read it. Because it's well written, I would recommend it for that respect to finish the series. But for me, like, if we didn't have to read book three for this podcast, I don't know that I would have read it. Really? I don't know that I would have chosen book two. So, I'm kind of like you, right? I was happy when I read the first two the first time. And I was good. It was a pleasant surprise when... Um, I think it was a shock for a lot of people, too. Oh, yeah, because all of us, all of us were thinking it wasn't going to happen. But, I mean, it was a very good shock. It was very happy, you know, instance when we all found out on Facebook, plus you released on Facebook, that a a third book was coming. And so... it was here, like, what, a week or two later? Oh, I know, right? It was was quick. It was was quick. Um, so even, I think she said she didn't even plan on doing a third book. You know what I mean? But whatever. I think with the third book, it is a happy surprise. Mm -hmm. If you do want to get more into the depth of why Tobias did what he did. Growing up with Tobias and Dominique and Sean, because they all did grow up together. They were all part of the really cool thing about the whole entire series is the main core of the Ravenhood. The Brotherhood. The Brotherhood. They all grew up together. They all watched out for each other from very young ages up until current day. You know what I'm saying? And so to me, that is like a standby me type Mm -hmm. thing, right? Or even a Three Musketeers type thing, right? One for all, all for one type stuff. So, with that aspect, it was amazing. Um, I do think, like you did, you didn't have to do a book three. I think book three is an amazing book. I think I enjoyed reading why Tobias does what he does. I enjoy learning about the history, the history 
why he did what he did, why he pushed people away, why he did to Cecilia what he did, right? I do. But I was happy ending at book two. Exactly. If you do, like she said, like Marianne said, if you do read books one and two and you feel you need to get more into it, most definitely read it. But you don't have to. It's not necessary. But it was a very Mm well-written book, even with the flashbacks. Even with the, I will just say, if you read the scene with his apron, you will enjoy it. You know, just saying. BTD. BTW. <laughs> right? Um, so, with that being said, not Tobias in Exodus. No, Tobias in the finish line. Tobias in the finish line. What's his rating? I mean, he's still a 10. I would almost, if we were going to go over 10, he had to hit it because after... Going through everything he did, including not just what Cecilia did in this book, but also his history. Right. Like, I mean, off the charts. Like, you can do all of that and still come out a decent human being. Yeah. Because he is pretty, I mean, in all honesty, he is 100% a decent person. Yeah. You know, he's actually looking out for everybody, everybody, not just himself. You know? For that reason, Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I wish you could see like what I was doing. Yeah. I mean, like she's all like, like, "What the? What the? Like, is there a? Is say. there like? like come on. What the? Yeah." So what about you? Um, the same. I mean, he's one of those. He's up there. He, yeah, he's up there because he is that person who you aspire to be, uh-huh. even though he came. He's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, we like assholes. Oh yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, well, most normal people, I bet. Unless you're reading your fantasy. Unless you're reading your fantasy, isn't it? You're good too. <laughs> but you know. But yeah, I think Tobias is one hundred percent, you know, a ten in this book. You know, I mean he was a ten in the last book, but I think he actually proves himself even more in this book. Mm-hmm. But again, like we said, you don't have to read this book to be happy with the first two books. Yep. You know. So my friend, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What are we doing for our next episode? So I mean obviously we just finished a series. Um, we are not going to read another series yet. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, we, we got a plan for that. Yeah. I moved soon. Yeah. So, we, we got, we're going to have to wait a little bit for that one. And plus, we got to, like, hash out what genre of uh, yeah, series we want to do. Because um, there's so many. So, since this one was a little bit more serious, I guess, um, we're going to go for Rom-Com next. Woo-hoo. By Megan Quinn's called The Second Chance. It's the first book in her Getting Lucky series. So, it's a four-book series. follows four brothers. And um, we're going to read the first one. We're just reading the first one, by the way. We're not reading all four of them. We're, we're literally just reading the first book, The Second Chance. Well, yeah, but you know I'm going to have to read the oh, yeah. other three I mean, all, just because. Really you know, um, I mean, we're not going to talk about so, them, but I'm still going to have to read them to understand the. But yeah, so I've read it before. Because I'm just that it's asshole. Really awesome. <laughs> I'm um, just that asshole. And so, yeah, we'll catch you later. We thank you so much for listening. If you have any comments, suggestions, you want to tell us, hey, you should read this, please shoot us an email at book friends at gmail.com and once again thank you Courtney we appreciated the lovely suggestion yeah yeah and we'll catch y'all later laters